Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez along with Cecile Munoz and today's topic is one that I think it's safe to say that uh, we all want it, we all seek it out, but not everybody finds it and that is of course happiness. That's true and what we are going to talk about today is Mm -hmm. how we can all access happiness and we can really work towards that. But also what I think when we all three talked about what our next topic was going to be, mm-hmm. we wanted to do something on happiness, but we all felt a little a little odd to talk mm-hmm. about it because we're still in the middle of this pandemic right. and this crisis. And so we felt a little strange, but I think it is important to talk about it because we're in this crisis. Mm-hmm. And happiness means something different to everybody because uh, you could be generally happy. Like I find myself generally happy in life, but perhaps I'm not happy with the long lines at the gas station mm-hmm. or a situation that may have come up uh, with a friend. Mm-hmm. So there's there's different ways to navigate this world of happiness. That's right. And the most important thing I think that we should all uh, remember is that to be a happy person does not mean you have to be happy 24 hours right. a day, seven days a week. That is absolutely not sustainable. I also think uh, that is not authentic. If you mm-hmm. are uh, this kind of, as you said, a Pollyanna type of a person where everything is always great and everything's always fine, there's probably at least one or two things in your life that you're not facing. Right. Um, a lot and it's of, just not genuine. It's just not correct. authentic. And the receiver of that happiness, the person that's talking to that mm-hmm. Pollyanna, just you sense it right away. You know. That's right. Just like when you ask somebody that question that sometimes we don't even think about it. Hi, how are you? And mm-hmm. your response is great. Yeah. You can feel when that person is not genuinely feeling great. Mm-hmm. And, and how, much, um, how much better you would feel if a person that you call a friend or that you care about asks you that and you say, well, actually, I'm not doing so great. That could lead to an opportunity to really connect and maybe find a better way to lead to happiness by having had the courage to be authentic and share what you're feeling with someone and hopefully getting the love and support from somebody else. Um, But as we think about happiness, I think it's important to to try and uh, talk about how people describe it, what it means. Right, right. So that's what I was saying. It just means something different to everybody. So what does it mean? Well, the Greeks uh, used to say that to have happiness, you have to have two different combinations of things, and that Mm -hmm. is pleasure and meaning. Mm -hmm. But as we have continued to evolve as humans, uh, and my modern psychologist and and, uh, sociologist say that to be happy, you need three things, and that is pleasure, meaning, and engagement. And I know we talk mm-hmm. a lot about engagement sure. in our podcast. We think it's a, an important part of living a, a rich, happy, um, rewarding life is being engaged in your own life, being engaged in your communities, and being engaged uh, in the greater society around you. Mm-hmm. Engagement and awareness. Those are the two things that I always take from our mm-hmm. podcast. And being engaged does make you feel so much better. And when you do find that happiness almost by accident, where you tell mm-hmm. yourself one day, wow, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, that revelation to yourself is is when it's a surprise even mm-hmm. is, is so rewarding right? and you know we we humans we we look for um, we know that we're social beings mm-hmm. and we look for um, a connection and, and finding a general consensus and support in that I think we Americans have a, a particular passion or obsession almost with happiness listen it it is in the very constitution. It is in the foundation and, and the core of how we see ourselves as, as human beings mm-hmm. and, uh, and as Americans. Our constitution recognizes our inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit, pursuit of happiness. Of happiness. Mm-hmm. That's how important it is to us, and, and for good reason. So if we dive in and think about happiness, and if we think about it in the context of what's happening now, as I said, I personally felt 
almost conflicted about talking about mm-hmm. happiness since I know so many people are, are not suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is it, it would make me feel like I've done a good thing and I've contributed to helping people if I if I am able to leave them if we're able to leave them with some tools and resources and maybe just the ability to say even though we're going through the eye of the storm let's find how to pull happiness and feel joy and mm-hmm. feel gratitude and appreciation in some of the little things in life but as we were diving in and doing some research what I found really fascinating mm-hmm. is that there are very uh, measurable signs that during traumatic events, be it from nature or a crisis or an economic crisis, mm-hmm. at the end of that, there has been a boom of two significant things, both an economic uptick, mm-hmm. but also a happiness uptick. And in recent times, we saw it after 9-11, we saw it after the last 2008 economic crisis, and we project it, we will see it again after um, the, the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. And the economic crisis, why? People have to be creative. Americans and humans all around, we have to be innovative and we have to survive. But on the happiness portion, if you think about 9-11, if you think about all those images and the thousands of people that rushed to help uh, literally run into a burning building mm-hmm. to help others. It brings the best of humanity. If you think about Hurricane Katrina, and we can go down the list, even during um, the recent civil unrest in Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. everybody jumped up and said, enough. Mm-hmm. People from all walks of life, that is giving love and support, and you feel happy, you feel recognized, you feel Listened supported. To, right? Yes, mm-hmm. so I, I think it is true. As, as odd as it might seem to say that, um, that silver lining, in that silver lining, we can find happiness. Yeah. One thing I remember going back to 9-11 here on the West Coast was because there was that sudden national pause for just a minute, uh, people you would encounter um, in traffic, at the supermarket, everybody was a little extra friendly, a little extra yes. courteous. Um, maybe somebody would let you cut in front or help you reach something from a, a shelf Whatever it was, it was so minor, but it was so tangible. It was something you could definitely notice that it was definitely a, a product of mm-hmm. what happened during 9-11 where people were being just a little bit more friendly to each other. I'd see people hold a glance for a little longer mm-hmm. or share just a moment of just looking at each other and that silence. Mm-hmm. Each person knew exactly what that meant. You know, I remember seeing a picture and, uh, and then it was also a... Um, I think it was a commercial. Mm-hmm. I don't remember for what company, but it showed an image of 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 the of the towers going down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was an image of a row of houses in the East Coast, and every single house had a, an American flag flying. Right. And we all subconsciously and automatically feel connected. We feel that we're all driving for uh, to protect and to preserve and to enjoy something that's meaningful for us. And mm-hmm. that is engagement, that is connection. And we found happiness in the, in the fact that we were united to not forget what happened, but to not lose ourselves. So um, when I first read that, I, again, I thought it was a bit odd, but mm-hmm. that's why we love presenting new ideas and a way to look at things to our listeners because happiness at the core lies within us. Mm -hmm. It is not something that's outside of us. It's not something that someone gives us. We may feel Mm -hmm. happiness from the connection, from the love, but it has to start with us. And and we want to be supportive to our Mm -hmm. listeners with the information we give them so they can find bigger 
bolder happiness in their lives. That's right. And again, we're not therapists. We're just uh, three people here, including our executive producer, uh, Sean Mo. three people with life experience. And we're kind of sharing these conversations that we've always had away from the microphone. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, you mentioned something about happiness that I wanted to add to that. And it's about finding happiness um, outside yourself. There was a time uh, when my dad was very sick that a friend of mine introduced me to Buddhism Mm -hmm. um, here in Los Angeles. And I was attending some meetings. And one of the key messages out of every um, meeting I would attend was, is that you cannot find happiness outside yourself. If you say, I will be happy if I make X amount of dollars, Mm -hmm. I will be happy if this happens, if that happens, if I get a better position at work, you may not find that happiness. You're not putting the power in yourself to find it. You have to find the happiness in you first, Mm -hmm. which is very difficult for a lot of people. But when you think about it, it makes sense. A lot of people associate happiness to something else. Or they associate it with the destination. Correct, not the journey. And right? and mm. that's exactly what a lot of uh, a lot of philosophers say, as well as scientists say. So it's interesting, right? When you have philosophers and scientists, which seemingly may come at it at things in life slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, if they say it's the destination, uh, not the destination. Excuse me, it's the journey. Um, but that sentence, I thought about that sentence a lot. I will be happy when. Mm-hmm. You know, fill in the blank. Right. Uh, I have uh, known a lot of people, and I think I, for a very brief period of time, I told myself that, that lie. I will be happy when. Mm-hmm. And it could be for women, I will be happy when I lose weight. I will be happy when I do this. I will be happy when I do that. And what you're doing is you're putting your life on hold. You're putting, as you said, mm-hmm. the source of your happiness outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, hit, you're, putting the entire weight on something that could be completely out of your control. Mm-hmm. You can control losing weight, but it's a tiny series of millions of actions to get there. So a recommendation that a lot of therapists and, and philosophers say is to stop and focus on, this, on the small details. Start, mm-hmm. focus, uh, start focusing on the process and the mindfulness that you bring to what you're doing. And wherever that leads you, and be happy with what you have today. Be happy with what you're achieving today. Mm-hmm. Um, equally, when I ask people, well, what makes you happy? We get the usual answers. My, yeah. my husband, my wife, my kids. Uh, for me, dancing makes me happy. But when you ask them what makes you unhappy, I was surprised of how long. The list is. The long mm-hmm. the list is. And so we have to think about that. What does that say? I think to me, it's a point of what, where we set our intent, what mm-hmm. our mindset is, what emotions are we accessing more than the other. And if we're accessing a lot of things that upset us or piss us off, mm-hmm. are we focusing on, on anger and disappointment as our primary emotions? Or are we focusing on gratitude, action, connection? Mm-hmm. Because... If, we're, if the first things that come out are all these things that upset us, and I get, we are living under a lot of stress. We're living under a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But it is because of that that I think we have to take a moment and, and set our intent of our thinking mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to wake up, and the first thing that I'm going to do, I'm going to think about what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. We talked in a, in a podcast on gratitude to stop and say, what am I grateful for? Right. And I think we could do the same thing as it applies mm-hmm. to happiness and, and focusing on what emotions do you think about. 
You know, um, one thing that I was just thinking as you were saying that, um, I talked about it in our gratitude um, podcast was my lack of sleep, right? Mm -hmm. I would be so grateful if I could sleep a little longer. Well, just today, I accidentally forgot to um, set my alarm. My phone wasn't set to my daily alarm reminder. And I slept till 9 a.m. I woke up so happy, right? (laughs) Such a little achievement, such a little hurdle that I that I got to. My goodness, I didn't wake up at 6 a.m. wide awake and feeling tired. I slept till nine o'clock. I felt it was such an achievement and it was so small of a of a feat, but it made me very happy. And did you have <laughs> did you have a negative conversation with yourself about that? Or did you just say, that's great? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, I was so happy that I was able to sleep that long that I jumped out of bed, brushed my teeth, prepared some coffee, and all the way over here I was so happy that I was able to sleep that long. It felt so indulgent and it made me so <laughs> So happy. And, you know, we talk about awareness a lot on this podcast. And when you were talking about the journey versus the destination, there's been many times in my life where I've been so focused on the destination that I ignore the journey. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at the journey or I see it in pictures, I realize it was a really fantastic journey. If I just took a beat, just a second to have an awareness of that, it would have made a world of difference. Absolutely. Uh, Researchers and psychologists have a term for that. They call it the hedonistic treadmill. And that is the the human desire to go from one happy or positive inducing, you know, pheromone inducing event to Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. that you're constantly on this treadmill to get the next jolt of happiness or or positivity in you. But the truth of it is um, that you can experience it in little things, not these big um, events that Mm -hmm. that you think that if I do that, that's what's going to make me happy. But you also said something that I think is important, uh, at least for me to recognize. Mm -hmm. You and I are very similar. Actually, the three of us are very similar. There were what people call type A personalities. Mm -hmm. We're focused, we're driven, we we are goal-oriented, we're task-oriented. Certainly, the professionals that we work with in the work that we do are very much of that that cloth, cut from that cloth. And I pride myself on making lists, on checking off that list, and I get a lot of sense of accomplishment when I check off that list. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a list maker. I'm a to-do list maker as well. And when I do accomplish and check off those things on my list, a lot of satisfaction comes out of that. That's right. But what if, Juan, what if instead of just feeling the sense of accomplishment from checking off item number three, mm-hmm. we stopped for a moment and reflected on what item number three meant? Mm-hmm. how we felt about it. Did it make us happy to do that? Because I know you and I are racing to the bottom of that list right? so that we can go start and make another, another list. list. <laughs> <laughs> and then we keep going. But did we stop and enjoy those moments? And listen, we're not talking about doing this every day or else we'd get done three things in the day mm-hmm. in the busy lives that we have. Um, but these are, again, things that are not just unique to you and I. I think Many people do this. Um, when we were, again, preparing for this podcast, we read uh, some very interesting articles, and I, I had heard about this before. But do you know Yale University mm-hmm. um, has the most popular class at Yale? We, I mean, when you think about Yale, you think of the School of Public Policy, the Kennedy School Business, of Business, Economics. Law yeah. School. Mm-hmm. But their number one class is a class on happiness. Is this a required class or is this something that uh, just basically an elective? It's an elective class, Juan. And it's not only an elective, it has a mm-hmm. long waiting list wow. for people to who are just 
dying to have this class. And so what they, the research that present in this class, which I found fascinating, is that there is a genetic connection to happiness. Um, you are born with a certain genetic component that puts you at a, at a set point. Um, your propensity or your ability to experience joyfulness and happiness. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it. Oh, that kid is such a happy kid, right? right? But that's just one factor. There are two other factors that make up a person's happiness. And the two are your habits and your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I find great power in that because I, I prefer to have things that are important to me to rely within me, to rest within me, because I know that I can change me. Mm-hmm. I know that I can, I have the courage and the conviction and the willpower. The power is su- within. Yes, right. and the support from loving friends and family to, to do that. Um, so it's, um, it's, and that's what we want to dive into here. Mm-hmm. We want to dive into what, what are the habits that you can em- embrace? What are the things that you can do? I know what I'm happiest when I have a routine. Yes. When, when I get up, I know I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And at the end of the week, I've checked off that list of, wow, I went to uh, the gym five times this week, or I did this five mm-hmm. times this week. Um, very satisfying. And not everybody has the ability to have their normal habits and their normal routine. Not these days, right? N- not with COVID. Mm-hmm. And so that is also causing people uh, a lot of distress, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of sadness. And because of all the other worries on top of what's happening, they find, might find it difficult to create a new set of 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 lists, a new set of routines, a new set of habits, but mm-hmm. it's important that we we start one step at a time. Um, in preparation for this podcast, we read, it, it's a report that I read almost every year, and, and I love it. They started producing it in 2012, and it's the World Economic uh, Forum, and they produce it in partnership with the United Nations, and they uh, release it to the world on mm-hmm. the International Day of Happiness, which for those of you who don't know, it's on March 20th. And it's the World Happiness Report, and it measures 156 countries, and it measures their happiness. Mm-hmm. And they use six factors that are pulled from the Gallup World Poll. And what are those, Cecile? The first is the country's GDP. Okay. Life, national product, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next is the life expectancy, the generosity among its people, the social support that they receive and they give each other. Mm-hmm the basic freedoms that they enjoy. And the last is corruption income. What is that corruption income? It means that there generally is very low association with a person's wealth to their corruptive behaviors or corrupt behaviors. So if you're wealthy, you may be involved in something shady or something strange. So it's basically clean money, clear money, right? People behaving properly. Right. People following the rules, mm-hmm. people feeling that you have, you can see a path to success and financial success if you work hard and you do the right things and you follow the rules and you're a good citizen. Mm-hmm. So simple, right? So simple and sometimes so hard to do. Indeed. And so I, unfortunately, we as a country, we did make it to the top 20, but we're number 18. And the top 10 are dominated by the Scandinavian countries. The top mm-hmm. five, just to name a few, are Finland. Denmark, Switzerland, Iceland, and Norway. Those mm-hmm. are the top five. And one of the the great things about the report this year uh, is that they dove a little bit deeper. They found the happiest cities, which again were also dominated by um, the Scandinavian countries. And they also looked at some of the habits that the people within those cities mm-hmm. shared, which just simply made them happier. 
And you know, the great news, Juan, is that the things that make those people happy are all absolutely accessible to all of us. I was going to say, let me guess, something very simple. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. So the first is they're very uh, kind and supportive with each other. The citizens feel that there's a good and positive degree of social engagement. They believe that basically they have each other's back. They come together properly. Uh, They believe in the support of the institutions and the government. They believe basically that government and Mm -hmm. their infrastructure is there to support them and give Mm -hmm. them a better life. Um, And they also have a a sense of really wanting to help each other. They, They are very supportive. They went even deeper, and and the happiest city is Helsinki in Finland. And the three things that they recommend to the rest of the world that they do to be happier mm-hmm. uh, is one, Sean, you're going to really connect with this one because I know you're an avid hiker. The first is take time out in the forest. Go out. Basically, they say spend time out in nature. Spend time mm-hmm. around green or the natural world. It calms their mind. It mm-hmm. makes them happier and makes them connected to the world mm-hmm. and the world around them. I've actually seen on social media recently some people post photos of them in nature and the hashtag is nature bathing or or field bathing it's basically just bathing taking in the environment mindfulness of where your surroundings immersing yourself in Mm -hmm. the world being we talk a lot about being present and being in the moment that's exactly what they're doing it's interesting you use the word bathing because the second one which i can't do i'm going to tell you that right there right now is they they jump into cold water you know they take cold i just polar bear clubs that is Mm -hmm. never going to be me um but it's the of course the effects of jumping into the cold and having that shock and then coming out and your body heating up and being energized mm-hmm. and all the positive endorphins yeah. that and are And it's released. usually done in group. Yes. So you're sharing that group experience with a bunch of people. They're very social beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the list was also some um, cinema mud that they're very obsessed with. But again, it's enjoying the pleasures of life. And another one, which I found very interesting as we sit in our podcast studio in one of my rooms filled with books, mm-hmm. reading. They're avid readers. In the city of Helsinki, there are 5.5 million people. They borrow books from the library predominantly. And in a year, they, the people of Helsinki rented 68 million books. Wow. Imagine that. And as a kid, they tell you, you know, read a book, go on an adventure. So Correct. basically, that's kind of what they're doing. But they said, this also leads us to not be on social media, to go out right. there, experience by being in nature, which they do it in groups. And read and, and immerse themselves mentally mm-hmm. to to another world. Put the book down and now go join a friend Correct. for a beer or a or a drink or a pastry out out and about. Correct. Yeah. So if we think about the 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 secrets of success or the clues to success, uh, 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 being a happy person or mm-hmm. a happier person, how can we learn that? We want to tackle um, a few recommendations here, okay. and and the first is. Again, talking about awareness, having that conversation with yourself, finding the answer between your ears and go down to your heart. And that is what makes you truly happy. And it's really usually the little things, the daily things, and not just the stretch goals or the journey. One uh, study at Harvard University that took 75 years, they basically followed a graduate class of students Mm -hmm. from graduation for the next 75 years of their life until their 90s. And they looked at all aspects of their life, not just their financial success, 
all aspects of their life. And it was a psychologist by the name of George uh, Viant that conducted the study with support from other colleagues. And what I found remarkable, basically his summation was this, mm-hmm. happiness is love, full stop. That was his answer. End, period. Period, the end. Next paragraph, wow. So start with what makes you happy? What gives you that sense of, of joy and love? And and be decidedly focused on pursuing that which mm-hmm. makes you happy. Not what you think you should be doing, not what people tell you that you should do, not what you think the Joneses are doing, so therefore I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. What makes you really happy? And I know as individuals and members of a family, and culturally certainly, many times we feel pressure to be X or to do X because mm-hmm. that's what's expected of us. Mm-hmm. But that does not necessarily mean that that's what makes us happy. Oftentimes on my way here, I'll listen to the Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm. Um, on, I know you love car. Howard Stern. And what's interesting is, you know, he's always known as such a rough and tough uh, shock jock uh, who's made millions. He's survived the, the downfall of many terrestrial radio stations yes. by going... Um, on satellite radio and it's interesting whenever he talks about painting he started taking up painting mm. as as an older man he softens up a little bit he he just turns into a different person mm-hmm. and i enjoy listening to his describing his process he has a little art studio in his home and you would think what would make him happy he has a beautiful wife mm-hmm. he has a successful radio show money that will last That's till right. the ends of time but he has such a love of painting mm-hmm. that that really comes through when he talks about it. I would have never known that about yep, Howard Stern. Me either. Me either. The second suggestion is: Are you really seeking what you want in life? Are you focused on the things that you want to do, as I said earlier, versus the things that you think you should do? And and listen, I understand that as you get older, you have responsibilities mm-hmm, and obligations. Sure. So there's things that you have to do. And I'm not suggesting that you absolutely love 100% of your work. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, are you doing the work that you want? Are, are you focused right. on doing things that actually give you a sense of, of, of value and purpose and, and joy? Right. Perfect example are the uh, people who are kind of coaxed by their parents to be mm-hmm. a doctor or a lawyer, yes. but you want to be an auto mechanic or you want to be a painter or you want to build homes. It's that's right. Yeah. In certain cultures, as I said, have placed a little bit more weight on that, mm-hmm. and in society pla- places certain pressures on that. And you might want to be something, but you may not have the skill or the capacity to right. make it into a livelihood mm-hmm. that supports your lifestyle. But it doesn't mean that you cannot pursue it purely from a pleasure or a passion project, mm-hmm. as we talked about and earlier. And not feel guilty about That's it either, because right. a lot of times happiness, pleasure comes with a little bit of guilt. And the third one is mm-hmm. one that I often find myself feeling guilty about it. And that is if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough in life. Not I, working hard enough, Not right? working mm. hard enough in life. And I, and I, I have this, um, I'm very competitive, mm-hmm. and I find myself very driven to succeed, but not just succeed, but excel and go beyond what I anticipated I was going to do. And... And it's the same in work as it is in, on the personal side, it, yeah. I, even with love. If, if your heart's not being broken or if you're not feeling loss of love at some point in your life, you have not loved deep enough. Was it really love? That's <laughs> yeah. No, and a lot of people That's associate um, couples who, who bicker and fight and break up and get back together. 
that that's love and, and children see that too if their parents did that they associate that's right you know that's that, for another podcast that's right? for another yeah. podcast but you're right in in those moments you have to ask yourself am i really happy with this person am i really uh, experiencing true love or mm-hmm. am i in this for other reasons because i feel compelled to or because i feel like um i'm uh, expected to mm-hmm. But about trying and failing, to try is to fail, to succeed is to fail. And recently, uh, within the last year, I was fortunate enough to participate in an event for one of our clients, and they uh, amassed some of the top venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And they did it as an education seminar for their big uh, advisors, for the the members in their firm that are very important. Uh, And I had the great pleasure and the privilege to sit and listen to what we call pre-revenue companies. These are technology companies that are not public. They, they're not actually generating revenue mm-hmm. based on whatever they're mm-hmm. created or produced. Right. And in the audience were some of the top venture capitalists in, as I said, in the country. And one of them is a particular VC firm. That, What's that? A venture capitalist Venture firm, capitalist, A okay. VC firm that funded, were one of the early funders in LinkedIn, Instagram, Mm -hmm. right? So the big, very successful firms. And five different companies put forth a pitch to, they were seeking investment money Mm -hmm. from the VCs to continue to move forward and Mm -hmm. and get to the realization of having a product that they could sell and market. And at the end of the, the presentations, four of them were women, one was a gentleman, the VCs gave their opinion, mm-hmm. and the, then they asked the VCs who would they fund. And here's what was fascinating. The person that they chose to fund, which everybody thought was not going to be the person, was the – it happened to be two women mm-hmm. who, when they gave their presentation and they were asked in the Q&A section, she willingly said, oh, you know, we, we failed so many times. We had to go back and correct it, and we came back but bigger and better. And, and she said it with a smile, very positive, and actually excited about mm-hmm. the fact that they failed, they learned, they had the temerity to keep going forward with no money, and mm-hmm. the net result was that the product was better. Right. Then they had one presenter who had a really great technology, but when they asked them, everything was perfect. They never failed. They never made a mistake, and that's why they should – invest millions of dollars in them. And it is a great product, which I mm-hmm. know we'll see in the market. But the VC chose to fund those two women. Sure. And when they asked him why, and this is the VC that funded LinkedIn and so forth, he said, to me, if you've not yet failed, there's something wrong. And if you really haven't failed, when you do, I don't know if you'll be able to recover. So mm. I will always bet on the people who are resilient, who failed and learned and keep going. Because in life mm-hmm. we're gonna fail. You're gonna fail. You're gonna have to learn to adjust. You can be malleable, which is which is good, and it's what this uh, venture capitalist saw in these two women. And that's what makes us stronger as right. people. And imagine the joy of failing, and then fixing the problem. The joy that you feel. You you develop better self esteem. You bond more as a group. You become uh, more. You get the sense of I'm invincible. Right. I can take anything because I've overcome so much right. already. So that's why it's important yeah. to say if you're not failing, you're not working right. hard enough or you're not trying hard right. enough. Because the truth of the matter is you're going to fail. So for that company who said we've never failed, give us the money. Well, truth they didn't. is, they're going to be failing in the future. At some point, mm-hmm. it's just it's the the law of life and, and yeah. the law of nature, and and also I think that when when you stop and think of why a lot of people don't do the things that 
they actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. The reason is because they're afraid to fail. But sure. if they just gave themselves permission, if do. they accepted mm-hmm. that failing is part of being alive, just like loving someone is knowing that at some point you're going to lose that person, even if you have a happy marriage for 60 years. Right. At some point, one of the, of, of the persons in that couple mm-hmm. will no longer be with us. Right. And somebody will experience that loss. Living with no regret seems to be another way to, Correct. to find a little happiness in your life too. Correct. Right? And the last one is um, something that my dad used to say to us mm-hmm. and for, for which I'm forever grateful. He used to say, the only thing in life you can control, the only thing you, in life you can truly control is your attitude. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the recommendation is have your attitude in check. And that's uh, so true, isn't it? It's mindfulness. It's another way mm-hmm. of saying mindfulness. He also used to say, which uh, they didn't list it here, but I think it's important. Uh, we we all have heard misery likes company. Oh, sure. My father used to say uh, in Spanish, so I'll translate it in my brain, but basically he used to say, if you show me who your friends are, I'll tell you who sure. you are, mm-hmm. right? And that is to say, again, misery likes company, is to surround yourself with people that have the similar values, who who embrace life, who are happy, who are loving, mm-hmm. who are supportive, who are encouraging, who will tell you the truth when you're going off your path, mm-hmm. but uh, not someone that is constantly in a in a negative state. And who, they'll bring you down. For that's sure. right. And who is looking for your happiness to continually draw them out of that negative state, but they don't want to put the work in in themselves. And speaking of happiness, Cecile, a lot of people look at happiness this way. They say, you know what? You can't have it all. You're either happy at home, you're not happy at work. Or work's going great, but the work, the home life isn't going as well. Well, I believe that you can't have it all. I think mm-hmm. as, as as women, we certainly are, are taught that, that we have to be a super mom, a super employee, a super boss, a super wife, and be in perfect shape and look fabulous all the time. Well, that's right. not sustainable. But the key, the key word here is it is not about what you have. It's about the mental state that you bring to it, can you enjoy the process of it? Are mm-hmm. you doing what you want? Are you collaborating and are you in a job that aligns with who you are and what you value in life? And so let's talk about the companies. Let's talk about the work portion of this since okay. we've been talking about the individual. And yes, we've talked about how firms, companies that have a positive culture, a culture that uh, embraces diversity a culture where people feel seen and appreciated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those companies fare far better, where individuals feel that they align with the purpose of the company. Mm -hmm. So talking about your professional self, you and the workforce, you can take ownership and responsibility and then take action for making sure that, to make sure that you have a more meaningful, rewarding professional life, and Mm -hmm. therefore happier. The average person spend 70,000 hours at work. I just read that. Uh, in the in their lifetime? In their lifetime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness it's a lifetime. That's right. And some of us probably spend a little bit more than, than that and some maybe not as much, but still an extraordinary amount of time. And you probably can't get someone to do something for fun for more than 15 minutes if they don't like it. So imagine if we're spending 70,000 hours of our life working or more. Um, we should do something that is meaningful and that we're connected with and that we feel appreciated and that we feel we're making an impact. And we can take action to do that. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is, do you have a connection to the work that you do? Uh, Do you find that there's value in what you're doing? Do you you connect with what you're doing? Does it mean something Satisfaction, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, The second is, 
do you believe in the company? Do you f- believe in its values? Do you believe in the culture of it? Uh, do you do you support it, or do you constantly find yourself rolling your eyes and not believing in what they're saying? That does not produce happiness for you or for the company. And the third is, do you care about the benefits or the services that the company offers? Do you care about what it is that you're 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 delivering to the world through the work that you do? And I know that. F- for many people, their work or their job is something that they have to do mm-hmm. to provide for their families or maybe something that you're doing while you're in college. Both mm-hmm. you and I, and I think, Sean, you too, we all had different jobs right. in college. They were not what we are going to do professionally for the rest of our life. But you can still bring mindfulness and integrity and the best of yourself mm-hmm. when you do it and focus on the little things and be proud and feel happiness and yeah. joy and find the contribution that you're making and, and make that be what gives you happiness, not just right. this is just a means to an end till I get out of college. I often tell friends when I was making $3.35 an hour working in a job that I had after high school and through my first couple of years of college, those were the happiest uh, years of my college life was, mm-hmm. I mean, three thirty-five. you can't do much with that uh, these days, but back then it was enough to uh, at least buy a car mm-hmm. and have a car and I loved going into work. That's right. And when I was in college, I worked retail. I was on a scholarship. I took more units of class than mm-hmm. than were allowed. So I was tired and and stretched thin. And I worked retail. I was really fortunate that I worked in this beautiful department store in Arizona, in Tucson, Arizona, where I went to college. And I was working in the section of the really fancy dresses, dresses that I could have never afforded mm-hmm. back then. And the the people that came shopping there were known to be very demanding. Right. And they said, you know, you're very nice. You're very agreeable. People love talking to you. We're going to put you there. It was beneficial for me because the commissions were also higher. But people loved buying from me because I genuinely felt excited. I asked them, what are you doing? What is the What are you buying something for? And if it was for a special occasion, I, I really felt excited. And I felt like I went on a little trip with them to the wedding or to <laughs> on vacation. Yeah. And it made the experience happier. And it made the experience happier for me. And I didn't think about the result being, gosh, maybe I'll get a bigger commission. But that's right. what happened. So I didn't focus on the end. I focused on gosh, I'm really helping this person and I'm going to get really excited. I'm going to imagine that it's me buying all these clothes. It's not. But it it brought me success just because I really put myself in a mindset, I'm going to love what I I do and I'm going to give it my very best. And going back to what we were saying, it's not what we both ended up doing. We both did not end up in a a career of retail. But looking back, it was something that we both found joy and happiness in. Correct. And Sean, I know that you had even greatly influenced um, some of the work that you you did and and some of the building blocks of how you then continue to move forward professionally from the work that you did early on while in college. So that proves the point of it's not about the the destination, it's all those aspects in the journey of your life. Mm -hmm. Can you stop and say, I'm going to do it from a point of positivity, I'm going to find the happiness and I'm going to share that happiness. And guess what? That happiness comes back to you. And very simplistically, I think a lot of people will say, well, focus on what you do have and not what you don't have. Correct. Right? Correct. It's like we said, make make a list. Mm-hmm. List all the things that make you happy and then make a list of things that make you miserable. And if the second list is longer and you spend a lot more focus on it and there's a lot more emotion that comes up, 
maybe spend a little bit more time thinking about the first list. Of time to adjust mm-hmm. and be malleable, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and change your point of view and how you look at the world. There was a, a there is a book uh, entitled The Top Five Regrets of the Dying uh, by the author Bronnie Ware. Mm-hmm. And she asked hospice patients, so hospice patients, those people that are transitioning, they're coming right. to the end of their the life. End. Mm-hmm. And she asked them what their biggest mistakes in life were. And of course, it's it's a loaded question. I, I commend her for the courage she had to ask those questions of, of people facing de- imminent death. Mm-hmm. And the most, most common concerns, and this is an order that these people shared with her, was number one, they wish, um, the person said, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Right. The second was, I wish I had worked, I wish I hadn't worked, excuse me, so hard. The third is, I wish I had the courage to express my true feelings. Fourth is, I wish I stayed in touch with my friends. And the last is, I wish I let myself be happier. Those are the things mm-hmm. we're talking about. It, it starts with you. All of these things were people had an opportunity, many opportunities, I'm sure, in their life to make a different choice, but you had a different conversation in your voice. You Mm -hmm. had a different subset of priorities or guilt talk or shame talk or you felt uh, pressured. Mm -hmm. And if they would have just taken those moments to say, I'm going to make a different choice, I'm going to have a different mindset. And time goes by so quickly, too. Before you know it, you're in hospice and it's too late to make a change. That's right. So what we want to leave our listeners with, the 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 points to think about to start accessing greater happiness. Mm-hmm. And we know some people may have a, a medical condition that makes it even more challenging or financial conditions that make it even yeah. more We're challenging. We're not saying it's easy. It's not no. easy, but it, what we are saying is that it's accessible. Mm-hmm. And you can start with the little things and you can do it every day, hundreds of times a day. So the first is don't live in the past. Don't let the guilt of what you think were your failures or your mistakes or things that were done to you. Can't change the past, right? Keep you locked up and keep you from accessing happiness today. The second, believe it or not, is that people recommend is exercising. Uh, It releases endorphins. It makes you happy. um, And it's obviously very good for your physical Mm -hmm. well-being as well. And the third is, of course, create a happier state of mind by choosing to let go of those thoughts of and feelings and to listen to the feelings and the thoughts that come to mind often. Are they feelings of hate and regret and jealousy and anger? And again, living what we're living through now and even in our normal lives, it's understandable that we feel those things. And sometimes you have to allow those feelings to come out. But Stop and be mindful of the thoughts that led to those feelings. And can you replace those feelings? Can you spend a little bit more time focusing and being Mm -hmm. excited about what you accomplished and thinking more positively? The fourth is step away from social media. Mm -hmm. Have real experiences. Connect with your friends and your family. Express what you feel about the people around you. A simple phone call. That's right. Especially if if we're not able to really gather uh, a phone Mm -hmm. call, a text, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. a Zoom call, um, all great ways to stay connected. And the fifth is build on courage and gratitude, which I found really interesting having focused on that in one of our podcasts. It really is a cornerstone for a happier life. Take action in your life, build your self-esteem and be grateful for the things in your life. Mm -hmm. And the last is, is one that I find very important is 
to be kind to yourself and to others yeah. and to choose love above all because it matters how you live your life not just what you accomplished matters and it matters to the people around you it matters to society at large but it should matter to you it should matter in the quiet of, of moments of your life when nobody else can listen or look in or know what you're thinking are you happy with yourself are you proud of the life that you're living and are you loving to the very best of your ability that matters and that'll bring us to the end of yet another podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Ends With Z. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe at www.endswithz.com to get the latest updates from us. Email us with questions or show suggestions. We'll be happy to hear from you. Also, follow us on Instagram for tips and insight as well. Until next week, for Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a great day because above all else, you matter.